Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preacher's contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Welcome to this episode of Guestsplaining. I am Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic, and today I'm with Father Joseph Anthony Cress. Father Joseph Anthony, how you doing? How are things? Oh man, uh, doing great. Beautiful uh, Thursday. It's turning fall. Like weather's getting cooler. Um, pumpkin spice, everything is available now. Um, so yeah, it's great, and uh, the hills are alive. I guess with uh, beautiful fall colors and things like that. So. Wow. Uh, football is happening. That's also a big okay. thing. College that's probably the best thing that that's probably the best thing that you said. Uh, so that's great. Yeah, things are well here in DC <laughs> too. So thanks for that. Um, but wait, you don't drink pumpkin spice anything? No. You, you seem like a pumpkin spice fryer. That's We're going to move on. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, people don't want to hear about our pumpkin spice adventures. Because uh, yeah. today we have some a uh, couple guests with us from the Catholic gentlemen. We have John Heinen and Sam Guzman with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, yeah, if you would take Sam, John, if you would take a second to introduce yourselves, you can probably do it better than me. We'd appreciate that. Sure. I'm, I'm Sam Guzman. I'm the founder of The Catholic Gentleman, uh, and I've written quite a bit on The Catholic Gentleman. Um, and uh, now we're doing this podcast thing, which is pretty great. Uh, so we also have The Catholic Gentleman podcast um, I'm uh, married. I have five children, um, and we live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, which we uh, moved to about five years ago, and we really love it. So that's me. Awesome. Yeah, John, how about you? Yeah, I'm John Heinen. I am the director of The Catholic Gentleman. I am a gentleman myself, or at least I try to be. And um, I live here in Dallas-Fort Worth with my family. I am married with nine kids, five with me, four already entrusted to the infinite love and mercy of God, and been um, a friend and a huge fan of the Catholic Gentleman since its inception when Sam uh, started it all. And uh, yeah, very blessed to be a part of the team and working with Sam to grow the Catholic Gentleman. It's awesome. This summer, um, Father Gregory Pine, I don't know if either of you have met him, but another host on the podcast, we were driving back from Colorado and we were talking about, we were trying to think about some of the guest stuff. So you all came up uh, to have on the podcast and Father Gregory said, I think we're driving through Tulsa too. Uh, and I was like, we're not going anywhere, anywhere <laughs> near Oklahoma. <laughs> like uh, being from the East Coast, our knowledge of like the middle of the country is like so deficient that we just thought, you know, every, of course you go through Tulsa going back to the East Coast from Colorado, but we didn't. So uh, <laughs> in any case, that's that's my one like connection. In You're lost. Tulsa. You're lost. Yeah, I'm that's sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So we uh, being, you know, a podcast of, of five friars five guys have you know certainly followed some of your stuff through the catholic gentleman and thought that it'd be great to talk about um basically what your apostolate and the work that you're doing um centers around and that's being uh, a catholic gentleman catholic masculinity what it is what it isn't um those sort of things and i think perhaps um maybe it's always easier to start by like picking things apart by being critical um than it is by like saying positive things at least it is for for me sometimes. Um, that's just your New England nature coming out. That's right? true. Yeah, <laughs> just cornery, choleric, pessimistic, all of those things. So um, yeah, so I guess maybe by way of setting the scene, kind of starting the conversation, um, maybe with respect to like why starting 
some sort of, you know, the, the online, the website and now the podcast, Catholic gentlemen, like, what was the inspiration by that? What do you, what's the, like the goal of, of, of the work that you're doing? Um, yeah. Get us up to speed on all of that. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the starting the site really came out of my own journey uh, as a young man, trying to figure out what manhood meant in a uh, very confusing culture that tells you a lot of different things about what men are um, and are not. Um, and uh, a lot of that started for me in college, uh, right right when I was just kind of in the middle of my college journey, the site started up called The Art of Manliness, and it had all this this kind of kitschy man stuff, you know, just uh, you know, grilling outdoors, making campfires, shaving like your grandpa, and all of this stuff. And I really ate that up. I loved it. Um, but there always felt like there was something missing from that, um, as much as I loved it and benefited from it. Um, I was like, well, is, is, is Ben Franklin, is Teddy Roosevelt, are these really the sum total of what a man should be? And around that time, I was having a kind of a crisis of faith, and I ended up, uh, through a journey that's a little too long to relate here, ended up converting to Catholicism. Um, and I came, came into the church and realized that the missing piece that I was looking for was holiness. Natural virtue is wonderful. It is good. And we all have to have that foundation of virtuous masculinity. Um, but we also have to take it a step further. Um, we have to go from prudence, justice, you know, fortitude and temperance to faith, hope and love. Um, and so I uh, was actually in the middle of the, of the nine day novena uh, St. Maximilian Colby came up with through Consecration to Our Lady. Um, kind of in preparation for that consecration. And I was it's very missionary focused, of course. You know, we use me for the coming of the kingdom of Jesus. Um, and right in the middle of that prayer process, I had a clear vision for a site called the Catholic Gentleman. Be a man, yes, but be a saint too. <laughs> so the motto became be a man, be a saint. And I could even see like the logo in my head. And I just kind of went over to the computer and like put everything together, started a website. And I've just been doing it ever since. Not really any plan or whatever, um, but it really came out of that that uh, consecration to Our Lady and um, wanting to be used for the coming of the kingdom of Jesus, but to help men um, who are kind of hurting in our culture. I mean, the statistics on male suicide and, and kind of the hurting boys in our culture are shocking and horrific, um, and men need help. And we need to learn to be men first. Um, grace perfects nature. Let's go further, though, and let's be saints. Uh, so that's really the mission and vision of the site. Yeah. So like thinking about um, what you've kind of what you're working with and what you're working perhaps against, um, what are what are like some issues that that men face? I'm sure we could all name some, but from specifically from your work, like what are some issues that you see as obstacles to pursuing, um, you know, being a man, being a saint uh, that that kind of focus your your work? Yeah. I think we have spoken a lot about this and that's kind of why we're in the digital space in particular because of one of these issues that is plaguing authentic masculinity and that's noise, right? Uh, us as men, we are bombarded with noise and often caricatures of a man, right? And, and from TV, to movies, we see the warrior who is insensitive to the emotions of others. We see um, effeminate men who aren't warriors, you know, and we see this um, kind of disbalance um, 
of of what it means to be an authentic man. I'd also say things like um, convenience and affluence, in particular in the Western world, right? We struggle with that when we don't have to really work, when we can just pick up our phones and call and have food delivered to us and have coffee delivered to us and all the other conveniences we have, then it's really easy to become ruled by our passions. And when we're ruled by our passions, uh, we're not growing in virtue and we're definitely not growing in uh, authentic masculinity. So, Yeah, I mean, if you look at like the seven deadly sins, we have icons in our culture representing every single one of those and attracting us to them. Um, and that's on social media, that's in TV shows. That's a, the, the power of the icon of the idol, if you will, American Idol is like mm -hmm. kind of even the title even like typifies that like we're drawn to images more than ideas. Um, and so when, when a culture presents us with powerful, attractive images that can seduce us into kind of the seven deadly sins are held up as good as images of what we should find attractive. Um, it's very hard for us men to um, resist that um, and so that's why you know one of the big uh, aspects of the Catholic gentleman has been using images to make goodness attractive to really make men desire and want what is good and that's why from the beginning we've had the the, the black and white images the memes with the saint quotes paired with the saint quotes and I really like I know it sounds like trivial when it's just talking about social media but like we're trying to make them beautiful enough and inject some beauty into people's timelines so that they will want what is right and what is good. Um, because there's lots of people trying to seduce you with beautiful images into what's evil. Let's counteract that. Let's, let's attract people with what's good and true. You know, guys, I, I see a lot of this kind of like as it comes out of the wash as being a college chaplain, as our young mm. men hit the university stage, and this is like their kind of coming of age years, and they have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea what masculinity look. They're, they're, you know, kind of in the, the seas untethered. And Sam, as you're talking about like these icons and, and John, as you're saying, like these kind of caricatures of masculinity, I remember, um, Oh gosh, I watched an interview once about um, the author of the book Fight Club, uh, Chuck Palahniuk, <laughs> and he was asked about like why that movie has such staying power with men. Is it like because it actually presents a model of masculinity that allows men to talk about is my is that my experience? You know, like why is that movie thirty years old now? And it's like every guy has seen that. Um, and I think that's one of those aspects is that when we look at masculinity. It tends to be something that's handed on from generation to generation by men. And so I guess I have a little bit of a two-part question, but I'll open with the first part that is like, who were those models of masculinity in your life? And like, what were some of the elements of masculinity that they handed on to you? Great. Um, excellent question. I, I appreciate you, you asking that. So I was very blessed with the model of masculinity with my father which is uh, very lacking in a good majority of men's lives. Uh, these that are coming out in the wash that you're talking about. My dad worked without complaining. 
He was up at 5 a.m. every morning, gone by 6 um, a.m. He would get home at around 4, and then he would devote all his attention on us kids. I learned how to play soccer. I learned how to play football. I learned how to um, become a professional trumpet player. I would say by the example and by the the pushing of my dad. He was a man and, um, and really lived that. Um, so I was very blessed by that. I would also say uh, my grandfather on my mother's side, he was a daily mass goer. He was a man who likewise, when I would stay at their house, we lived in Texas and they lived in Minnesota. So every summer we'd go up for three or four weeks and I would stay with them and I would, you know, get up at seven, seven thirty, and my grandfather was always gone. He was at mass and he would come home and I actually may he rest in peace, but actually behind me, I have a little brief summa there um, that was his. And I would see him walking with that or walking with the missile and things. And he likewise um, just lived virtues. Like he just lived for his, uh, in service of others. My grandfather uh, showcased uh, this, this leadership by service that um, was a very beautiful example uh, for me in my life. Yeah, for me, they weren't... Um... Uh, there was a little confusion for me. Um, I did come from a, a, a divorce home. And um, so my dad uh, did model a lot of good things for me. Um, uh, I think one thing that he gave me, which I think is maybe a little un unexpected, but uh, he taught me that like men can like art and beautiful things and creativity and um, that kind of thing. Like a lot of people just think, well, like if you're into like poetry or like, you know, you admire a good painting or something like that. Like, well, that you're just not manly enough. You need to be out there like, you know, hunting bears or something. Um, and but my, but my dad showed me that's not true. And I and I'm actually quite grateful for that. Um, he and, and then my stepfather um, uh, as well. I think one thing that he showed me and taught me about masculinity is that men can be gentle. My My stepdad is a true gentleman. Like he's He's one of the kindest, um, biggest hearted men I've ever met. He will listen to someone with, with complete attention and care. And like, you know, just a, just a classic gentleman who is, is also truly puts the gentle in gentleman. Like, and he, he, um, treated us as his own kids from the minute that, you know, he entered our life and spent hours playing with us and just investing in us and uh was was patient and kind with us and like that was huge for me that's exactly what i needed um and um so they were they were these kind of two different models but uh but they both gave me something that helped me become you know uh a, a, in my mind you know a gentleman a well-rounded man um mm -hmm. which i think all gentlemen should aspire to yes and that reminds me when i was when I was in the novitiate, when we were in the novitiate, actually, Father yeah. Joseph Anthony and I, one of a parishioner commented about uh, one of the priests in the in the community at the novitiate that um, she said something to the effect that when when they spoke, he looked at her and listened to her as if like nobody else was around, like he was never yeah. looking at his watch or his phone or these. I remember thinking like I definitely don't do that. I don't do that at all, mm -hmm. and I still. But I remember that being very striking of of just being attentive, but not in a yes. sort of not in the kind of oh he's a good listener, he's soft, he's sensitive, he's you know, but in a real kind of masculine way that like yeah. takes people seriously and looks yes. at people seriously, and and that really pierces um, 
beyond just a sort of, you know, interaction or that kind of thing. That that's that struck me. So when you were saying that, it yeah. reminded me of, of of the same. Okay, well, we're just about halfway through. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, and then at the second second half of the episode, we're going to jump back in and talk about um, growing in masculinity and and some of the tips that that John and Sam have have for that. So um, sit tight and we'll be right back. You are listening to Godsplaining. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. Welcome back to Godsplaining. In this episode of Guestsplaining, uh, we have John and Sam with us from The Catholic Gentleman, and we've been talking about... Um, Catholic masculinity, uh, masculinity in general, and sort of the way by which um, holiness and manliness uh, kind of go together and need to go together. Um, we had just been talking about some examples and in, in your lives of, of good, uh, you know, gentlemen of men who kind of exhibited uh, good masculine virtue. So I, I guess kind of thinking about that and continuing on with that, but in a different way. Um, one of the I guess one of the things, uh, I don't know, maybe the last handful of years that's really kind of come to the fore in the secular culture is the idea of like toxic masculinity and um, kind of like the shaming of what it means to be a man, uh, those kind of things. So I guess what, like how, how is, how are we to like, or perhaps you, like how do you all promote a sense of masculinity um, in, in an environment on the internet, on, in the blogosphere, the, um, whatever the podcast sphere that that kind of stands strong against kind of either direct or indirect accusations of you know masculinity being inherently bad or wrong or depraved or these sort of things like how how do you combat that because often you think like well let's you know be a man but then like the world is kind of like well men are men are garbage you know like those things are bad so how do you face that in a way that's constructive and helpful and useful yeah no so masculinity uh toxic masculinity this whole concept of it i think in a lot of ways did come from toxic men (laughs) men failed i I really feel that way um especially looking at kind of the the mid-century uh period of time post-world war ii there was uh men were in and just in all honesty traumatized by the war um the culture Culture was changing rapidly. Um, we had the sexual revolution, things like that. It didn't come from nowhere. Um, it came from a lot of absentee dads, <laughs> a lot of dads who were hurting um, and who maybe handled that hurt by alcoholism or other forms of absenteeism in the home. Um, and so a generation rebelled against that um, and uh, entered into the sexual revolution. There's a lot of threads that led up to that. So I am oversimplifying but the point being, men failed. Uh, men failed to to lead, to take responsibility. Um, and I think, likewise, uh, in that failure, women got hurt. Um, women got hurt badly. Um, and this concept of toxic masculinity, all men are pigs or whatever, um, came, came to the fore as something that uh, women were angry about. Now, has that anger... Uh, been misdirected many times? Absolutely. Is all manhood mas- uh, toxic? Absolutely not. Um, but what I do think is that uh, it isn't entirely unjustified. Um, 
However, we need to be careful in saying a failed manhood does not mean that manhood is wrong. Manhood rightly lived will help women to flourish. It will help other sons and daughters to flourish. Um, so my, manhood rightly lived raises others up. Um, and that's what we need to um, recover. And so when we say be a man, we're talking about the fullness of manhood that is represented by our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the full picture of what a man should be. And everywhere he went, he healed and restored and raised from the dead. And I'm not saying that we have the ability to do that. But in a sense, we do. Because yeah. there's a lot of people who are emotionally dead in our culture, who are hurting, who are wounded, sons that need attention, daughters that need affection. We have the ability to give life to them through our fatherhood, through our masculinity. Um, people who maybe who have never experienced it before in their life. And so we can be agents of healing and restoration, just like our Lord was when he walked the earth. Um, we can live that life uh, after him, the imitation of Christ. So let's show the world what the fullness of manhood is and how it can raise people up rather than oppress them and beat them down and wound them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really great point. I'd just add a little bit to it about, in particular, combating toxic masculinity. And I think one of the big things, while we are putting together blogs and great memes and podcasts like you guys are and trying to uh, showcase uh, knowledge and understanding of what it means to be a man, uh, we did, as Sam said, we allowed it to happen to us. And so we have to reverse that by our example. And I think that's something that's really important and why, you know, seeing guys like you on podcast or, you know, Father Gregory Pine, you know, I know he's connected with the Pines of Aquinas and things like that. There, there is this um, joy that you guys bring to the table. And that's so important to show that there is purpose, meaning, happiness and joy in living your life as an authentic man. Right. Because if um, we are competing against these characters of men, but we are not showcasing that example. We're not working on ourselves to show that joy and that happiness. It's not compelling. It's not something that uh, you know people are going to be leaning themselves towards and, and desiring for themselves. Um, when we talk about these caricatures, right? Yeah. Um, in kind of the the authentic um, presentation of masculinity, you know, in imitation of Jesus, but incarnate in our own humanity. Um, I would say, like, let's take one of these characters, the um, the warrior, kind of um, dispassionate or zero emotional. Um, like, how how do you counteract that? Like, how how would you uh, encourage other men to still lean into their masculinity, but to like counteract that caricature? Yeah, you know, for me, uh, one of the keys to this is is Marian devotion. Um, she teaches us to be uh, men of compassion, men of gentleness, men who respect femininity, um, and men who, and I don't mean this in the wrong way, but who can embody some of those virtues that she represents. So, for example, everybody loves pictures of a tough, burly cop or a soldier, you know, like being kind and gentle to a child. Everybody just like intuitively <laughs> finds that awesome. 
and and it's hard to pinpoint why but it's it's strength under control it's strength that knows how to be gentle um and you know mary teaches us how to do that um saint maximilian colby one of my favorite saints he to me typifies this um where he was full of fire and masculine assertiveness he's like i'm gonna be the greatest saint ever we're gonna conquer the world for christ like it was just like you know he was he was a man uh, and he knew how to suffer and he knew how to persevere you know even though he had a lot of physical health problems and things like that he was physically weak but he had that inner strength of will but he was also everyone who talked to him everyone who encountered him said he was like a gentle uh, like just so kind so gentle so merciful um they said you know one of the friars that lived with him said he was almost like a mother he was like a mother and a father and I was like, what a beautiful picture, though, of a complete, well-rounded manhood yeah. that can be strong when it needs to be strong and fight the enemy and can also be gentle. And that's what Christ was. He could stand up and confront the Pharisees. He could stand before the representative of Caesar and, you know, say a few things that ruffled their feathers. Um, and yet he also knew how to be gentle to children uh, and to the weak and to the broken he rushed towards them rather than away from them. Mm -hmm. And I think to us, that, that's, that's what we can all aspire to as men. But the Virgin Mary teaches us how to do that. So learn to love our mother, and she'll teach you how to be a gentle man, a gentleman. Amen. Yeah, so the, one, I guess we have a handful of minutes left, but one of the things that I wanted to ask about before our time runs out is, are, you know, is like what ways or what things do you recommend for men who are, um, who are looking at, you know, like, the state of masculinity, perhaps the state of their own life, you know, like maybe not having the best examples of masculine masculinity, but like, what do you recommend generally uh, as like ways by which to um, grasp onto like good masculinity and grow in the virtues of what it means to be a man? Obviously, we're just talking about Our Lady, which is, you know, I was going to say spot on as if you need like my affirmation of, <laughs> of what you said and like of our lady, uh, but approved. Uh, we yeah, did. approved. <laughs> I, I, I say it's good. It's good. Um, yeah. But what are some like ways by which you, you've, you've seen, uh, or things that are helpful for guys to, to like, yeah, capture what you're talking about, to begin to capture what you're talking about for themselves. Yeah, I think um, there's a lot and I appreciate I mean, it's hard to, to just pick one, but growth and virtue, you know, you kind of were suggesting it right there is so important, right? We have to understand that unless we understand what the virtues are, unless we take a moment to figure out, oh, my goodness, there's a thing called virtues that counteract the passions and pleasures of my life, um, starting there. And then once we understand what those virtues are, what are the myriad of ways that the church has given us to grow in those virtues, right? And those virtues are those, you know, habit forming practices and disciplines that help us control or order, you know, our intellect and our will uh, to that which is good at all times. And I think we see these um, things like Exodus 90 coming up and uh, things like that, which are giving a really good, you know, asceticism, right? Where, why do, why were hair shirts a thing? You know, why do people fast? Why do um, these sort of things? And then practicing them yourselves, you know, because if you can control your passions and little things like fasting, then it's going to be easier to control them when uh, you don't have that, um, uh, the temptation is so strong, right? And 
and uh, it's it's right in front of you and other people are doing it right i'd also say a good fraternity of men right if you are trying to live on an island and you don't have that community um to talk through these things with i know when sam and i get together in person it's just so incredibly edifying to me because of the conversations that we're able to have outside of shooting multiple podcasts you know and um and then i would say it's so important to find a fraternity of men that you um can really grow in virtues with because they can keep you accountable they can take a different approach to you they can remind you you know that we're not saints yet um you know scrupulosity uh, often can set in for for certain people and so I think those are two things. And then of course, prayer, right? I don't wanna, I don't wanna ignore that and the importance of prayer in our own personal lives, right? Uniformity with God's will is something that's huge to me. So like I said, there's a lot of things, but those are just a few that come right off uh, in my mind, so. Yeah, for me, I would say know yourself. Guys are bad at introspection. Um, girls, it, it, women find it much easier to turn inside, but know yourself, know your weaknesses, know your strengths, you probably have some. But know your weaknesses too. And then find uh, models that can typify that for you and inspire your will to move towards what is good. So, for example, um, let's say you really struggle with self-discipline. But you're a really like, kind and gentle person, but, but you really struggle with self-discipline. Okay, well then it might not be a, hard, a bad idea to like, turn to somebody like you know, Jocko Willink or something like that, where they're like, discipline equals freedom, and like, they, he can inspire you to round out that aspect of your, your personality that's deficient. But maybe you're a very disciplined, aggressive, will-oriented man, and you get, all, you get things done, but you often mow over people. Okay, well then find maybe a gentle saint or, um, you know, maybe round out yourself by reading some poetry or something like, like develop other aspects of your person. Um, but it all starts with knowing yourself, knowing what you're good at, but also knowing what you're not and where you need to grow. Um, and then um, find models, icons, immerse yourself in good stories. Stories form the moral imagination. They make you want what's good at a, at a um, super rational level. Like you may not even be thinking about it in a logical way, but all of a sudden you find yourself wanting different things. So immerse yourself in good, good literature, good movies, good music, things that can form your moral imagination. Um, and so know yourself, round yourself out with the right things, steep yourself in all that's good and true and beautiful, and you'll find yourself changed. Um, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that 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 point about knowing yourself and and looking for those people that inspire like in your deficiencies is so important. Uh, if I could just add a few more, I mean, there's a really really great resource out there for masculinity called thecatholicgentleman.com. They have a <laughs> podcast. Uh, their blog posts are amazing. Social media posts like just tug at the like kind of the beauty, but like the the um, that kind of depth of the human person. So yeah, I would encourage that to all of our listeners now. Like if it's they're fun. looking for that kind of resource, it kind of covers all the different things. I don't know if you guys uh, have, have taken a look at that or not. <laughs> 
Wow, uh, you must have listened to our episode on jokes, Father Joseph Anthony. I'm just, you I'm really like, man, you teed them up for the like shameless self promotion. They went all humble and just like we're going to ignore the fact that like we even have this out there. So I felt like I had to throw no, it out there great. for them. Yeah, yes, <laughs> oh, great. we appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> the test of well, a good, good religion is you can joke about it. It's just yeah, yeah, that's man. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much, uh, Sam and John, really for for taking the time to be with us today and talk about your work and Catholic masculinity and and really kind of inspiring men out there to to go after it and chase after it and and really and really kind of grow in there and and being Catholic gentlemen. As Father Joseph Anthony was saying, um, they have a lot more a uh, lot more uh, great stuff to check out on their website, CatholicGentleman.com. Um, Sam has his book, The Catholic Gentleman, Living Authentic Manhood Today. So check that out if you're looking for something um, to, you know, to continue the conversation with your with yourself, with your own reading, with your own prayer and thoughts. Check out their blog, their podcast. Excellent, excellent stuff. So be sure to to, to take a second to go over to their to their website. Um, thanks for all of you tuning into guest explaining and supporting our podcast. Know that uh, we are praying for you and asking your prayers and a special thanks to our Patreon supporters and those who support the podcast financially. Um, if you think someone might benefit uh, from this episode, share it, like it, do all those things that boost us in whatever crazy magical algorithms exist online. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for tuning in. So until next time, take care and God bless. Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.